The rules on inheriting a 401k or IRA have changed. On today's show, we'll outline some ways to avoid costly mistakes regarding your potential inheritance. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. You can also check out his website at laurelws.com. Good Sunday evening, Steve. Hi, how are you, Teresa? I'm I'm well. I'm well. How about yourself? Can't complain. Enjoying uh, what's uh, the beginnings of fall and uh, getting ready for all the holidays coming up. Um, and maybe you're maybe you're in um, retirement mode. And we're going to be talking a lot about uh, retirement tips today and how Steve can help you out. And maybe you are inheriting a 401k or an IRA. Um, So the rules on that are based on your relationship to the person who died. If you are, if you make a mistake, rather, um, it might be impossible to undo it. So we're going to go over some of those rules. And I guess there's some new ones that they've instituted on this. Yeah, uh, I mean, new is a relative term, but new as of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the 2019 Secure Act eliminated the ability for many beneficiaries to take distributions across their lifetime. They sometimes would call that a stretch IRA. Uh, so you used to be able to basically stretch out a 401k or an IRA that you inherited from a beneficiary uh, by taking minimum distributions over the course of your lifetime. Um, in order to continue to do that, you would the the benefit the person would have had to pass away before um, the end of 2019. So if if the person passed away in 2020 or later, um, then you're subject to the new distribution rules, which are not as generous as the old distribution rules. Okay, all right, and going on with uh, non-spouses with flexibility. Yeah. So if the beneficiary is a minor child, uh, you know, so if the, you have a decedent and they're, they're leaving their money to a minor, um, the 10 year depletion rule kicks in once they reach the age of majority where they live in most States, that's 18, some States it's 21, uh, before reaching that point, the child would have to take an annual minimum distribution. Uh, so we see this all the time. If, uh, For example, a grandparent leaves something to grandkids and maybe the grandkid is two or three years old. When the grandparent passes away, they would take an annual distribution based on that on that child's life expectancy until they reach the age of majority. And then um, the withdrawals um, would generally kick in for retirement savers who are 72 on the account holder's expected lifespan. So additionally, a beneficiary who's chronically ill or disabled or one who is not more than 10 years younger than the deceased person can take distributions based on their own life expectancy and are not subject to the 10-year rule. 
All right. And some other things to know about all other non-spouse beneficiaries. So if you're a, if you're object to the 10-year depletion rule because you don't meet an exception, it's important to consider how you're going to meet that requirement. So you don't have to take out a certain amount every year. It just has to be withdrawn within 10 years. So it's a little bit different. Whereas when you used to stretch out the IRA, you were required every year to take out a distribution. Um, now, during this past year, unfortunately, we've seen this situation a lot where people have passed away because of the pandemic. Um, I've had a couple of clients who um, passed away early in the pandemic um, and their their beneficiaries now have inherited IRAs that the um, individuals didn't ever have a chance to distribute from and they weren't they weren't minimum distribution age yet. And so now those beneficiaries are a lot of times have income of their own and then they have to decide, well, do I want to take out this money now or do I want to take it out gradually or do I want to defer it for the 10 years? And so it's important to have a strategy as to how you're going to spread that out over the 10 years. Um, basically, the process still involves setting up an inherited IRA. And what you do is you will transfer the money into that inherited IRA and it will it will read um, your name, beneficiary of the deceased person's name, IRA. And um, you can then choose how to take that money out over those 10 years. There are a couple of different things to consider, um, whether the inherited account is a Roth or a traditional. Roth distributions are generally tax-free, uh, while traditional ones obviously are going to be taxed. So since the Roth distributions are tax-free, if you don't need the money right away, Typically, it's better to leave it in the Roth um, than to than to start pulling. Whereas with the traditional, because eventually you're going to have to pay the taxes at some point in the next ten years, you may not want to let it defer and grow, and then have to get one massive tax bill in the tenth year, where you're going to potentially catapult yourself into a higher tax bracket. So with the Roth, usually it makes sense to continue to defer it. I would say. With the traditional IRA, it's a little trickier, for okay. sure. Okay. And what about for spouses? So for spouses, um, you have more options when you inherit an IRA account. The first one and the most common one is rolling it into your own IRA. In this case, you would follow the standard RMD rules. That is, when you reach age 72, you start making required distributions based on your own life expectancy. So it's really your IRA. So that's that's usually the most common is you're going to just roll it into your own IRA. You'd also be subject to a 10% early withdrawal penalty if you're under 59 and a half and you withdraw the money. So if you rolled it into your own IRA and now you withdraw the money, you're subject to that uh, 10% early withdrawal penalty. So the way to avoid that is putting it into an inherited IRA and remain the beneficiary. In that case, you're not subject to the 10%. Uh, but additionally, you would have to, um, based on the life expectancy, start until the deceased spouse would have reached 72. So, you know, so you still do have to take a distribution. It depends also on when the person passed away. So it's a, you know, there's, there are some tricky little rules with that. But if you think if you unfortunately lost someone and you're, say, 45 years old and you, you inherited their IRA and you think you're going to want to touch that money before, before 59 and a half, it's probably better to open up a beneficiary IRA. Um, and then and then you could um, take distributions out without the 10% penalty. Um, if you, 
if it's money you don't think you're going to need until your 60s, then absolutely, by all means, do it that way. And so that's something that, you know, if you're in this situation and you've lost someone recently and you've inherited stuff, these are things that we put together in a plan. And every week we offer a comprehensive retirement distribution plan to all of our listeners. Uh, we make it available to the first 15 callers that call in and we'll sit down with you and we'll kind of go through everything and make sure that you're that you understand what your options are and what the best strategy is for you. And the number to call, Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees, common sense, planning, and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You know, you just need to sit down, get that financial roadmap put together, and Steve, he'll translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, that number, it's 800-705-9995, 800 800- 705-9995. What's on the way next, Steve? You've been planning your retirement and it's getting close and then life happens. An unplanned retirement because of health or layoffs can really throw a wrench in the most thorough plans. How to deal with unplanned retirement when we come right back. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. And he is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience. And this is a silly question, Steve. Why the name uh, Cookie Cut This? I, mean, I know what well, the because, answer is, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, there's no there's no cookie cutter solution in retirement, and so we see these commercials on TV, and all of these big firms have been doing surveys uh, for the better part of the last 15 years because all the baby boomers were getting ready to retire, and so they they basically what the goal was was they're trying to figure out what the best pre-designed portfolio was for a retiree and for different lifestyles. And they tried to to ask survey questions. And what they found is that people don't fit into one kind of spending dynamic or one kind of box in retirement. So there is no cookie cutter plan that works for retirement distribution. Whereas when you're saving for retirement, you can use something like a target date fund or a cookie cutter asset allocation because you have the benefit of time. When you're in retirement, you everyone withdraws at a different rate because everyone's spending is different. So your allocation really needs to be lined up to your individual spending and you can't do some type of cookie cutter allocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You definitely want an individualized plan and have that advisor who uh, has that experience and know-how to help you along with that. So, and more importantly, right now, more than ever, uh, a lot of people um, <laughs> retired early because, well, they were forced into it. They weren't ready for it. Um, and it might be overwhelming. And that's exactly why you need a planner to help reassess, reevaluate, and reinvigorate your portfolio. And first step is to assess the financial impact this has. Yeah, it's certainly not a pleasant ex- uh, experience or exercise thinking through the worst case scenarios and that you can map out your financial situation. If you find yourself retiring early, and we talk about this in the very first chapter of, uh, of my book. So we retire one of three ways. Either God tells us it's time to retire because we physically can't do it. Uh, Someone else tells us it's time to retire. We get laid off and we can't find work. Or 
we retire on our own terms. So typically, if you're retiring early and you weren't ready for retirement, that means you're not retiring that third way on your own terms. And so how you enter retirement makes a difference, especially if it takes you a while to regain kind of that positive mental attitude, because it's very easy to sit around and and feel bitter. So um, one of the things that you have to do is really accept the reality of your situation. And then you have to assess your various sources of income against your current expenditures, along with any potential new expenses, such as healthcare costs or insurance with your financial professional or, you know, and more importantly, if you're married with your spouse as well. A lot of times when you're married and you have you and your spouse on your health insurance, and now all of a sudden you lose your job, the health insurance becomes a very big source of stress. So, you know, these are all different different things that you want to assess your current situation and you want to look at worst case. I mean, we never... We never want to plan on the best case. We want to plan on the worst case because if you can get through on the worst case scenario, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. Also comes along retirement savings and lifestyle changes you have to have into consideration. Yeah, that's a, another consideration is the value of your retirement savings and how that's going to stretch to accommodate you know the additional time in retirement. So if you figure on living to say age 90 and now you were planning originally on retiring at say 66 and you're retiring at 62, well, that's an additional four years that you're going to be spending and draining those retirement savings uh, rather than accumulating retirement savings. So now we have to look and see what what the impact is on that and, and what lifestyle your income and assets can support. And so it's very important to work with someone who's skilled in retirement distribution and who has software to be able to do that kind of planning and to show you, all right, here's what your income sources are. Here's what your assets are at the moment. Here's what, based on how your assets are invested, here's what we project the growth is going to be on those assets. And here's what type of lifestyle your income and assets could sustain. And when you know that, it gives you a lot of peace of mind, especially if you're not retiring on your own terms, if you're kind of retiring suddenly, if you might have thought, well, I needed to work another four years, and you might find out that maybe you didn't need to work another four years that you have enough saved. And so going through the planning process and working with someone and, and getting a little bit of clarity, that what that does is it helps you sleep well at night. And that's what uh, you know a retirement distribution plan does for you. Yeah, absolutely. So in, if you do find yourself you know, facing retirement earlier than you expected, uh, you don't want to panic and you may want to get a new plan in place. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a situation where you need to retire earlier than expected, it's easy to panic, right? It's easy to say, oh, I need to move everything into treasuries, right? And so uh, I don't have a job anymore and I can't afford to lose any money that I have. Now, if you, and I see this all the time, this is not a unique situation. Someone will take their entire retirement account and they'll lose their job and they move it all into the fixed because they say, I don't, I can't afford to lose. But realistically, if you look at, all right, how much was I spending pre, you know, pre losing my job? Um, and what amount am I going to need to draw from my, my assets to until I find work? Or if I don't find work, how much am I going to need to continually draw? And I guarantee it's probably not all of your retirement savings is going to be withdrawn in the next three or five, three to five years. So there's probably a piece of that that you could still invest uh, a little bit more aggressively for growth. And so it's important to map out a, a plan with the, with and sit down with someone who really understands retirement distribution. And so 
a lot of financial advisors just kind of give lip service to budgeting. One of the things that's really critical, especially if you're entering retirement unexpectedly, is budgeting and tracking your spending. Because if you're measuring your spending, you're going to make better spending decisions. And I, I say this for two reasons. Now, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, you know, if you don't, if you don't budget it, you're going to spend too much. Uh, I actually, a lot of times have seen the opposite. So someone loses their job and they become overly conservative with their spending and they, they deprive themselves of almost, almost things that are basic necessities. They, they, they trim their bills down to next to nothing. And they, they, you know, they kind of batten down the hatches like a, you know, like a, like a hurricane is coming. Um, and they don't necessarily need to do that because they haven't, they have enough resources to get them through. They just, no one's done the, the, the planning for them to show them that they have enough resources. And that's, and that's when we talk about peace of mind and providing that kind of peace of mind. That's what we do. And um, so, you know, we, we, we make our, ourselves available for our listeners every single week. I think we still have about 12 spots left. Um, and we'll put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan, a roadmap. If you're if you recently lost your job or you've been unemployed now, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic um, and now the unemployment, the extra unemployment is ending or you lot, you know, you're not getting unemployment benefits anymore and you're worried. It, it's important to sit down with someone who understands these things and can put put together a plan for you. And that's something we do absolutely free for our listeners. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build a tomorrow that you want. Folks, there is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. To find out what your investments are really costing you because of high fees or commissions, what future tax implications will be, and how much income you can securely generate from that. Once you do move into retirement, pick up the phone and call Steve. He is an advisor you can trust with more than two decades of experience experience as a fiduciary and he's there by your side listening to your concerns and plans for your future let him put together a lifetime customizable retirement plan for you again that number it's 800-705-9995 800-705-9995 what's on the way next steve we often talk to couples about retiring in this segment we're going to talk to four in ten americans who are unmarried and of that 19.5 million are retiring single that and more when we come right back. And welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve's the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. You want to check out his website at laurelws.com. So you mentioned it before uh, we went to break. Um, you mentioned a lot about couples and, you know, about retirement ages of one retires early, which the other one do. And when there's single people out there and yours truly. <laughs> so um, if you're single, you're, you're certainly not alone. And especially when it comes to retirement and the advice is for you as well. Neither half of the U.S. adults are unmarried. Forty five point two percent to be exact. And that percentage includes those who are never married, widowed or divorced. So we're going to go over some tips for the single people out there. Like I said, you're definitely not alone when it comes to retirement. Um, so, yeah, many Americans are healthier and living longer. 
And there's um, yeah. another point to this is what I'm talk, talking about. I'll let you finish yeah. the point. Yeah, exactly. So the the reason that becomes an issue is that you're, we're seeing now people who are married 35, 40 years getting divorced uh, because there's the consequences of people living longer, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you are not on the same wavelength with retirement that can lead to actual stress um, when the person's not working anymore and you're spending every waking hour of every single day with the person. Maybe you decide that's not the the, the right person. Maybe you maybe maybe the working uh, masked some of the problems or, or whatnot. So we're seeing an uptick in divorce, uh, even in marriages that have been 25, 30, 35 years. And that's a consequence of people living longer. 40 years ago, people retired at 62 and their life expectancy was 67 or 68. And so when they retired, uh, no, obviously, attitudes about marriage 40 years ago were also different, but they weren't expecting to live 25, 30 years in retirement. So now people who are retiring, they might they might be retiring at 65, but they're planning on living another 20 years. And if that spouse is someone that they don't see themselves spending that next every every waking day of the next 20 years with, they might get divorced. And so um, later in life divorces, a lot of times happen. And it's so that that causes an uptick in single retirees for sure. So what today's singles are doing is they're reinventing what retirement means and what it means to retire alone. They're staying active in their communities. They're hanging out with friends. Um, and so it's important that you're working with someone who's asking you these questions that are asking you, hey, who, who are your social interactions going to be with? Who are the people that you're going to see more of? What are the things that you're going to do to stay occupied? Because it's not just your your job that stops. It's also you know, 40 hours of your work week that stops. Um, and you have to fill those hours in the day. And no matter how you're retiring or who you're retiring with, uh, you want to make those hours the most fruitful that they possibly can be. Yeah. Okay. You know, Steve, are there any advantages to being single when it comes to, uh, the retirement? Well, yeah, there's, there, there's, you know, the obvious advantages of, you know, the fact that you can, you basically don't have to clear anything with anyone. You, you can do what (laughs) you want to do. But as a single person, you also can save on life insurance because you don't have any dependents. So you probably don't need life insurance. Estate planning in general can be simpler for those who are never married or don't have any children. Other types of insurance could be a little bit more important, like uh, long-term care um, insurance. If you're single, if you don't have someone who's going to necessarily taking care of you. And also you want to do some legal planning and possibly have a springing power of attorney. Uh, What a springing power of attorney is, is that if you become incapacitated, it springs into effect and gives someone power of attorney to make decisions for you. And so that sometimes can be a friend. It sometimes can be a niece or nephew, someone that you really trust. And so uh, those are those are some other considerations if you're single and you're retiring. Okay. What if you're suddenly single? Maybe there was a divorce or uh, your spouse passed away. Um, should you make any big decisions? I mean, this is an obvious. Yeah. So I mean, we typically say the uh, twelve months after a big a big loss like that. So if you just lost a spouse, um, you probably don't want to be making any large financial. Decisions decisions you do want to you know move if you were the beneficiary of that spouse's accounts and stuff you want to 
sit down and do the paperwork and get the assets moved over and everything like that. But you don't want to make decisions or investment changes in that, you know, for at least a reasonable time. So I would say six to 12 months. And you want to have a financial advisor who can help prioritize the things that do need the immediate attention. And that's going to be, you know, um, getting assets moved over and someone who's familiar with how to do that and what documents are needed. And um, if, if you're dealing with a situation where someone has passed, um, you know, the right number of death certificates to order and, and all the, all the different, how to get letters of testamentary and, um, you know, someone who's, who's aware of the, the different things that need to get done when someone passes away. Right, right. And, and there's more important points too. If you are recently divorced, definitely don't want to leave these out. Yeah, no, of course. So obviously if you've done financial planning with your spouse and now all of a sudden you find yourself divorced, you need to revisit your retirement distribution plan if you have one and completely rework it because now that might have been, especially if you were doing your finances jointly, that might have been based on two streams of income. Um, it might have been based on joint assets, which you're going to probably get half of, um, maybe less than half of when you factor in what the attorney is going to take, uh, depending on how contested the divorce is. And so um, you're going to have a fresh set of goals as well. So maybe maybe there are things that you always wanted to do that your spouse never wanted to do. And so uh, those are things that you're going to want to look at and and really craft your own well-defined goal. So you want to look at what your lifestyle is going to look like in retirement and the things that you're going to do now that you're suddenly divorced. And so you want to make, and the other thing that is so critical, and I see this a lot more than you would expect to see, is you want to make sure your beneficiary designations are updated. So you probably don't want your ex-spouse as your beneficiary. Um, you know, even if you were getting divorced on good terms, I don't think usually you don't want your ex your ex spouse to be your beneficiary. Right. Um, you also probably don't want that person as your durable power of attorney or your healthcare proxy. Um, so if you've done the legal planning with that person, you probably want to start looking at revising those documents as well. And that's something um, if you're facing this type of lifestyle change in retirement, that's something that we see a lot. And it's something that we would incorporate into your retirement distribution plan. And we would love to put that together for you. We, uh, we have about five spots left and, um, we do a comprehensive retirement distribution plan for our listeners. And it's going to look at all of the different things that are going on in your life. And that's why we start off with a conversation and really find out what's going on in your life and what are the things that are important to you and how you see your retirement playing out and the things that you want to do in your retirement. And we'll give you the roadmap to get there. And the first step is to sit down with a financial advisor. Something we're talking about today resonates with you, whether it's tax planning, Social Security, health care, long-term care, or just that overall big picture. Give Steve a call, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. If you feel the need, just get that second opinion, or you want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals, call Steve and take the stress out of planning for your future. You want any stress? 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. One more segment left. What's coming up? When we come right back, we'll answer some of the questions we received this week.
Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve's the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. It is time now for our fun segment, Listener Questions. Thank you so much for writing these in. And first up is Emmett in Hunter's Creek. He says, I've never rebalanced my portfolio. Because of this, I'm slowly acquiring more stocks for the years, but I'm making more money. Why does one rebalance other than if they can't stomach the risk? Is this the only reason people rebalance? To me, it doesn't seem as profitable as acquiring more stocks. I, I like, Emmett, that you are acquiring more stocks. And so that's a good thing. In terms of the rebalancing, the reason people do that is they're they're shifting from the losers. Uh, they're, you know, so when you're rebalancing, you're taking from your winners and shifting to your losers with the thought that the losers will will go higher. I'm not a huge fan of constantly rebalancing. Now, to the extent you're in, say, something like international or small cap and large cap has done tremendously better than 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 those asset classes, and you want to take, you know, maybe at the end of a year or a year and a half, you want to you want to shift a little bit out of the from the gains in the large cap and move it into small cap or um, or international, then you could do that. But that's the reason people rebalance. I've never been a huge fan of just automatically rebalancing on a monthly basis, or some people even do it weekly. Uh, I don't think that that's, that's the right thing. You should give things time to run. But when you've had tremendous outperformance in one asset class, typically things tend to revert back to their long-term historical average, which means so like if you're in mostly domestic U.S. large cap stocks and your portfolio originally, say, had a 15% allocation to international and is now seven or eight percent for diversification purposes. It probably makes sense to move a little bit more into international, um, but you'd look at it on a more individualized case basis. I would say, as opposed to just blanketly rebalancing. Okay. All right. Next up is Georgia in Lake Hart. She says, I've been listening to the show for a while now, and I'm hoping you can clarify the difference between being a financial planner, an independent advisor representative, and a fiduciary, and is one better than the other? Great question, Georgia. There's so many different titles out there. There's an insurance agent, financial planner, independent advisor representative, registered representative. Um, so typically, if someone is using the, the moniker agent or registered representative, they are not a fiduciary. Um, financial planner, they're is a kind of a catch-all term that people use, um, and it can be used for a variety of things. There are people who are lending officers that call themselves financial planners. There are people, so any a lot of people use the moniker financial planner. They're not necessarily financial planners. An individual, uh, an independent advisor representative is a fiduciary. That's someone who is um, working in a capacity where they're not they're getting paid for their expertise and their advice. They're not getting paid based on commissions or products. And so uh, typically an individual, they're, they're affiliated with and registered with the SEC. And so those individuals are always fiduciary. So if someone is an independent advisor representative, they're a fiduciary. The other, the other titles that you gave, things like registered representatives, agents, financial planners, those are not fiduciaries necessarily. All right. Glad you make the distinction between all of those. 
Um, we've got Jim now in Union Park. Says, I recently changed jobs and can't decide what to do with my 401k. I can either leave it where it is, roll it to an IRA, or roll it into the 401k at my new job. How much does it matter which one I do? Whew, that's a lot to unpack there, Jim. So uh, it's, you know, it's great that um, you have money in the old 401k, um, but now it really depends on what you want your money to do for you. And so it also depends on your age. It depends on how long you're, you're looking to work. It depends on what the expense structure is on the old plan. So there's, there's a lot of things to consider before rolling over your 401k. Typically, it makes sense to roll your old 401k into an IRA. But you want to work with someone who is explaining to you what the, the benefits are as well as the negatives of rolling into an IRA. And sometimes it makes sense to roll it into your existing plan um, if there's a lower cost structure or if you're planning on working, say, into your, your mid-70s, it might make sense to roll it into your existing plan because then you won't have to take minimum distributions. So there are situations where each would make sense. And it's one of those things where you'd want to sit down and we'd really need to know a little bit more details about your situation to see which one makes the most sense. Okay. All right. So we've got Mabel in Oviedo. I'm retiring at 62, but my pension won't start until I'm 65. I prefer to wait and start my Social Security when I'm older, but should I think about starting it earlier to avoid having to pull so much from other investments until my pension kicks in? Another great question, Mabel. So it really depends on what your lifestyle is and what you're going to be spending. So we'd have to look at your whole picture. Now, if let's just say hypothetically you were spending, your lifestyle right now is costing you $5,000 a month. And so roughly $60,000 a year. And you have a, a three-year window where you're going to need to fund that lifestyle. You're going to have no pension, no salary, no social security, right? So if you need $60,000 a year, that means you need to have at least 180000 in something safe. So if you had... now. If you have your 401k and say that's five, six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, and you have say two hundred thousand sitting in the bank at less than one percent, it probably could make sense for you to to defer collecting the social security. It really depends on your on your assets and your lifestyle, and that's something that we're going to have to look at in a in a in a plan um, to give you an exact answer on. But it you definitely could, and there's some benefits to delaying social security if you have the assets and the resources to do it. Okay. All right. And really quickly, uh, we've got Barbara in Winter Garden. I'm a 64-year-old single woman trying to get rid of some of my debt. I want to take 125000 out of my IRA to pay off my mortgage, and everyone's telling me not to. Do you think it's a bad idea? I, Barbara, without knowing the, the full details, I would say my gut reaction would be yes, it is a bad idea. Um, you're going to pay income tax on that 125000 You could catapult yourself into a higher tax bracket. Your mortgage is probably 3 or 4% interest. I don't have the exact details on that. Um, you're not really getting a huge benefit from doing that. And most likely, if you're in, invested in any kind of even a a balanced fund, you're going to probably outpace the interest that you're paying on the mortgage in the retirement account, and you could take the um, you could take the money out more gradually and avoid uh, catapulting yourself into a higher tax bracket, which makes Uncle Sam your silent partner in those. And those are the types of decisions that you want to make inside the context of a plan. We have about three spots left. Um, we will put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan for you absolutely free. And uh, 
you know, we, we love our listeners and we want to help. Okay. So to get some help from Steve, just a couple spots remaining, call him at 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995 for retirees and pre-retirees. It's that common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You need to get that financial roadmap put together. And that's an excellent chance for you to get that true practical financial review. It's going to show you where you are now. Most importantly, that review will show you a roadmap to get you where you need to be. You've got nothing to lose. Just a couple more minutes, though. Get in right now. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. What a fast-moving show. And uh, looking forward to next week. It flies by every week. And, uh, you know, we we are, are so grateful to our, our listeners. And, and thank you for tuning in every Sunday and making us part of your Sunday evening. Absolutely. Well, we'll see you all right back here next weekend for another edition of The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso.